Couchbase Capella. Database as a service is flexible, full-featured, and fully managed with built-in access via key value, SQL, and full-text search. Flexible JSON documents align to your applications and workloads. Build faster with blazing fast in-memory performance and automated replication and scaling while reducing cost. Capella has the best price performance of any fully managed document database. Visit couchbase.com slash screaming in the cloud to try Capella today for free and be up and running in three minutes with no credit card required. Couchbase Capella, make your data sing. So let me begin with an explanation. My 17-year-old dog, Ethel, passed away shortly before I, well, had to record this. She was an irascible, cantankerous old weasel of a dog whom I loved very much. Originally, I adopted her from the pet rescue that I volunteered at. It wasn't until years later that I recognized that she rescued me, too. So, all that is to say, I want to apologize if any of my news snippets I'm about to relate to you seem off-kilter, whether too mean or not funny or anything else. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can over here. Next week... I'll be back to normal. So what happened last week in the wide world of AWS? Amazon EC2 now reduces visibility of public Amazon machine images, AMIs, older than two years. Ooh, you mean I'm not going to accidentally spin up a Ubuntu version from 2009 the next time I need a box? Amazon Athena adds support for querying Amazon Ion data. I keep forgetting that Amazon Ion exists. It's basically protocol buffers, except not from Google. Amazon EC2 now provides a new and improved launch experience on the EC2 console. This has been in beta for a while, and I really enjoyed using it. It took a bit of hunting around the first time that I used it to track down where a few things are, but it's superior in basically every way to the old version. Well done. Amazon EKS, EKS Distro, and EKS Anywhere now support Kubernetes version 1.22. That's right, Microsoft's infamous Patch Tuesday is a thing of the past thanks to Kubernetes. So now go enjoy Patch Q2 instead. AWS releases version 2.0 of the Amazon Pinpoint API for expanded support of SMS and voice channels. This release also includes a new SDK for sending SMS and voice messages called Amazon Pinpoint SMS Voice V2 SDK because we've apparently given up on completely unnaming things well, even on rename version 2.0 attempts. Amazon Route 53 now offers usage-based pricing for resource records above the free tier limit. This is awesome. Instead of suddenly slamming into a hard per zone limit that you need to reach out to support to get raised, It'll now simply start charging you for the extra records. This is revolutionary for Route 53 table design. Amazon Workspaces launches APIs to allow custom branding. Using your own brand provides a familiar look and feel when users access your workspaces, making it easier to fish your own employees. AWS Backup adds support for VMware Cloud on AWS Outposts. This will be worth every penny when you inevitably cheap out on generator maintenance and burn your data center down. AWS Compute Optimizer supports 66 new EC2 instance types. You know, the answer to who can possibly disambiguate between all of AWS's offerings is probably another AWS offering, now that I think about it. 
AWS announces data transfer price reduction for AWS Private Link, AWS Transit Gateway, and AWS Client VPN services. This is, counterintuitively, going to piss you off. You won't see your price for these services drop at all. You may, however, see your cross-AZ data transfer bill plunge and only now realize just where it was coming from. This is a good thing, but you're going to be a little annoyed with it. AWS announces integration between AWS App Config feature flags and Atlassian's Jira Cloud. Is this why Atlassian took a multi-day cloud outage last week? Maybe turn that feature back off. AWS Security Hub now supports specifying names for custom integrations. Exciting times. AWS admits it's bad at naming things and agrees to let customers take a whack at it instead. This episode is sponsored in part by LaunchDarkly. Take a look at what it takes to get your code into production. I'm going to just guess that it's awful because it's always awful. No one loves their deployment process. What if launching new features didn't require you to do a full-on code and possibly infrastructure deploy? What if you could test on a small subset of users and then roll it back immediately if results aren't what you expect? LaunchDarkly does exactly this. To learn more, visit launchdarkly.com and tell them Corey sent you and watch for the wince. Announcing AWS Lambda Function URLs, built-in HTTPS endpoints for single-function microservices. Yay, the thing they released at reInvent, deactivated, then never publicly made a statement about, is now out for real. Presumably. Introducing protocol buffers, protobuf, schema support, and Amazon Glue schema registry. This feels like it's going to open a lot of doors for integrations to me. Introducing global endpoints for Amazon EventBridge. Ooh, suddenly a new service that just works without having to control for various regions appears on the horizon. Scale applications using multi-region Amazon EKS and Amazon Aurora Global Database Part 1. There's never been a better way to scale your AWS bill. Wait, that's not true. This isn't just expensive, it's also a lot of work. How to create great customer experiences powered by Zendesk on AWS. I've got to say... Every time I see a support site hosted off-site on the Zendesk domain, I know I'm not in for anything approaching a great customer experience. Simplified development using AWS Lambda container image with a serverless framework. A serverless framework, not the serverless framework that we all know and love. I'm less than confident this article is going to be great here. What you missed at the AWS Summit Brussels keynote. I've been looking for an excuse to visit my brother in Brussels for a while now, but I only find out that AWS had an entire summit there after the fact. Dear Lord. And finally, LinkedIn. Amazon is number one company where Americans want to work in 2022. Congratulations are due to Amazon for beating out some close competitors such as Wells Fargo, the company that had a systemic fraud problem and thought that firing 3,500 employees would fix it. Right then. And that's what happened last week in AWS. I'll talk to you soon. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.